In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook question and answer podcast ahead of the first round of NRL action for 2024. Round zero, the Vegas edition coming at you live and loud from the heart of the snowy mountains, Kuma. Back for the weekend with just a couple of days out from the games, putting the final touches on my Supercoach team, needed to get down to the Kuma showground, get in the old Kuma Stallions footy sheds, just really make sure that I was in the right frame of mind to, to finalise my team for 2024. I'm in the right place. Very, very excited for this week's action. Let's crack straight into the questions because there's plenty here uh, and we want to get through as many as we possibly can. I'll, of course, touch on my team in different stages throughout and a few questions I'm looking at at the back end of it as well. Starting off with a question from Zach Naudi. Any love for Leo Thompson this year? Not really. Uh, in terms of my predicted team for them at the moment, I've got Cogger at 14. I'm thinking Braley probably won't be there due to a hamstring. So Cogger will be that utility bench. Jack Hetherington likely is one of a couple of middles who could be there. Leo Thompson. And then Kai Pierce paul who will probably spell... Dylan Lucas at some stage, whether they choose to play Lucas, they probably wouldn't play Pierce Paul in the middle. Maybe Lucas spent some time in the middle. I, you know, the way the bench makeup is, the minutes could be half all right for Thompson, but looking back at last year, he averaged 47 minutes per game for 45 points per game. I can't see him coming off the bench playing any more than 47 minutes. So I just don't see where the improvement there uh, is for Leo Thompson to start this season. Question from Brendan, how much money should we have in the bank so that we have flexibility over the next couple of rounds with trades? This, it's very subjective. There's no right or wrong answer. It's just preferences. I know uh, Desi and the Spy, the podcast, last week was saying that they were happy to have as close to zero and spend spend up. And, you know, if they get the team they want and there's $0 left, they're happy with that. I'm... I like to keep around about 50K in my bank. I'm happy to have as much as 100K in my bank provided I'm happy with my my starting 25-man squad. I really like just that little bit of flexibility at the end of round one, going into round two and round three, a pretty vital trade period of the season as we get a bit of an idea of players' minutes, roles, all these sorts of things. We chase those low break-evens. So, look, I like to have 50K, but at the same time, again, I if you've nailed your team and you're really happy with it and you've got 300 bucks in your kitty, so be it. 
Question from Dean. Is Damien Cook the forgotten hooker this year? Discounted price usually starts each year off strongly and no Mamazelos on the bench. Good play, question mark. Look, possibly. My concern is still Mamazelos. Like we know Cookie's always been an average 80-minute hooker. He's priced on a 65-point average from last season, 75 back in 2022, in a rampant, oh, sorry, what I think will be a pretty rampant bunny side this season, not necessarily in Vegas. God knows what's going to happen there, uh, especially with a few players out. But I think, yeah, you might be right, 63 k I'm just scared that Mamazelos, who just re-signed for, what, three years or something, that he'll slot in on the bench at some point and take 15 to 20 minutes off Cookie. If he like, there was a bit of word that he was going to play around one anyway. Uh, Mamazelos can come onto the bench. Maybe he still does. Who knows? Maybe they've just named Vili there, uh, but it could change. So the other concern with Cookie is he's been dealing with, I believe, a calf complaint or some sort of injury niggle uh, throughout the preseason. So because of that, you know, if there's still any concerns around that, and and you're going overseas playing that first game. Even if Tavili, maybe Tavili spends 20 minutes at hooker uh, over in Vegas and then as they ease Cookie back into big minutes. So if it wasn't for the injury complaint, I'd be relatively keen, but there are a few question marks uh, that are happy to keep me away from him. Question from Lachlan. Cleary and Pappenhausen or Moses and Turbo slash Drinky? Oh, that's very tough. Look, I think the name that stands out there is Cleary. I just think I'd be locking and loading him from the start of the year. It is a tough trawl for Penrith. I can see the meriting going against him. Back your gut, though, because I thought Moses looked terrific in the trials, and I think he's a sneaky round one play for anyone not keen on, on Cleary or Nico. So if you think Moses is in for a big, uh, big year and Parramatta, go the Moses and Turbo Drinky uh, route on that one. But if it were me, I'd be going Cleary and Pappy. Question from Krusty. Mate, do you think it's possible to start with too many mid-range players and and stunt your cash generation? Uh, I don't, mate. I I am um, notoriously with my starting squad. I'm happy to spend a bit extra to get better quality cheapies, whether that turns them you know, into mid-ranges, into that sort of 350K territory. Let's say it's getting someone like Drew Hutchinson over maybe, uh, um, what's his name, Hayes Dunster, who might get a couple of games on the wing for Eels. Sure, you can save 100K early, but Sevo's coming back. Dunster, it's probably a short-term solution. He might not make any money. Uh, and Hutchinson, who, albeit not great job security with Sexton there, but better job security because it looks like he's won that starting half roll at the Dogs, I'd be happy to pay up that extra. Now, what this does is you might start slower because you've got less cash to spend on your starting 17 for your team. So you might be 20,000, 10,000, 5,000 early on, but it tends, because you're building cash generation over the longer term, uh, your squad value should be bigger later on and it, it more often than not, or it has in my case, worked out for me. So, you know, if you're going from a pretty ordinary looking cheapy to a quality mid-ranger, who can not only score all right, but should generate some decent cash with better job security, less risk. I honestly don't mind it. It's That's the way I sort of play it. Question from Joseph Fowler. Thoughts on running with Reese Robson and enough at hooker? Robson will play first 15 rounds, no buy, and the other hooking options are limited. Use the cash elsewhere. 
So firstly, for anyone uh, who's not aware of what enough is, it's basically someone who's not going to play. So you'd get someone generally bottom dollar to maximize uh, your cash. You'd try and get a dual position player. So in this situation, it'd probably be like a hooker halfback or a hooker second row forward, whatever it might be. No, I hate it. I had a great uh, chat with Kuru about this, nearly ripped his head off uh, on beers and break-evens on Wednesday's show. So we have heard, we go in depth about it there, but look, the way I see it is, it's all good and well to say Robson will play the first 15 rounds with no buy. That's fine. The draw looks good. But the way I see it, what happens if in round one, and I use the exact same example with Appy Chorus here because Guru's looking at doing a similar thing. If Robson plays round one, and he hits someone high, and he gets a one-week suspension. Could easily happen in week one. He's a middle forward, middle forward who plays 80 minutes every chance, makes 40 tackles a game, whatever it might be. You get suspended for round two, and you're left without a hooker. All right, you cop that one week, and you have to cop an auto-emergency in your team, which might be 11 points from whoever it might be. Round three, he comes back, and he gets clipped over the ears, gets HIA'd, cut one, and he's gone for round four it'd be. Again, you've got an AE. It's fine in the sense that, you know, if they got a three or four week injury or suspension, you just trade them and that's all good and well. But it's these one week is where you go, I don't want to trade someone on the basis of not having a hooker for one week. So, look, I've seen people doing it, but I would prefer to spend, even if the Paramount Eels hookers are sharing that role, I'd prefer to pay the 330, 320, whatever it is, K for Lussick or Hands and have a backup hooker because I just think it's so dangerous doing it elsewhere. You know, from going from enough to, a say, a Lussick or a Hands, it's about an extra 110, 120K for a lot of security to your team. So I understand the play, but not for me. You know what? I don't even understand it. I don't like the nothing. If you're going to nuff early on, do it at CT double 2RF where you've got numerous options to reserve to play if something does happen to your starting players. Because if you do it at, say, 5'8", fullback, halfback, and your starter goes down, you're in all sorts. Question from Callum Rye. Is it worth spending up for Harry Grant or Dylan Brown to just lock them in for the year? Absolutely, mate. Two guns. I'm still looking at doing it. The way my team's shaping, I think I'll probably only have to get one of those two. I'm just trying to find something decent at 5'8", but I'm battling. So I might have to just pay up for Dylan Brown. I was really happy to go against him. I mean, not to go too much on trial form, but Mitchie Moses was very dominant in that trial game in week two of the preseason challenge. Brown didn't get a lot of ball. I Again, don't listen to that too, too much because we know Brown's a great player. He'll get good ball. But yeah, mate, two of the best in – they are probably the two best in their position. Question from Hayden Moore. Hey, Tim, loving SC Playbook this year. Thanks, mate. Hopefully we were good last year as well, but if it was just this year, then we'll uh, we'll try and keep it up. Currently got Cotter as my main front row, but thinking downgrading to Arrow, then can upgrade Jeremy Marshall King to Grant or even beef up my CT dub. What are your thoughts? Yep, I like it. Uh, what do we got? Cotter and Arrow. Arrow's priced at, I should know this because I've looked in that many times, 466. Cotter's about 530-odd. 542. So what you can save, tick under 80K there. I like the play. I think the more and more I look at it, especially with Jacob Host named on a four-forward bench, provided it stays that way, Arrow probably plays 60 minutes. 
I don't think he's going to set the world alight in 60 minutes, but I do think at the price he can generate hopefully 50 to 100K for you, especially if you can jag the odd early try on the edge. That would be massive running off Ilias, not the better edge at the Bunnies. But in saying that, I think he will be hit more and probably have more runs than Kalamatungi on the left because they play out the back to, you know, it'll be Jack Whiten when he's back, Alex Johnston, Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, et cetera, et cetera. So, yes, the Cotter to Arrow, I think that's fine. And, yeah, if that gives you the money to go JMK to Grant, if money's not an issue and you've got that sort of 100K to spend, I, I'd i be happy to go Grant over JMK. Grant's proven he'll be the best hooker this year. More than happy just to lock him in if you can make that happen. Moving on to the next question. Morning, Timmy from Tyson Jones. Morning, mate. My team is pretty well balanced, but I'm a bit light on hookers. As it stands, I have Hands and Levi. Is it worth dropping Dylan Brown to Luke Brooks, which will free up the cash to allow me to get Chorus our thoughts? Thanks, legend, and have a good weekend. Thank you, mate. Likewise, hope it's an absolute belt for you. Yep, I like it. So I think firstly, well, I was going to say, if Hands did get named as the sole hooker, I can see a world where starting with him as your main hooker is okay. But, of course, with Luke Brooks playing this weekend, you'd have to go early. So I think the safer play is yes, to go Brown to Brooks. I'm so intrigued by Brooksy this year because I think all the attack, the majority of the attack will go through, obviously, Tommy Turbo and Cherry Evans. But it doesn't mean Brooksy, who'll be freed up for his running game and simplifying things, can't score well. Really intrigued. I won't be starting with him, but I'm keen as to see him play this weekend. Yeah, like if, if you do end up with hands and Lussie, can they have a they're the dual hookers at uh, Parramatta and then Danny Levi? Yeah, it's pretty skinny. So if you can get, you know, at least a rock solid player in Luke Brooks along with a gun in Appy Coruscant hook, I think that's a much better balanced side. On Danny Levi, I did my big cheapy analysis on the SC Paper website during the week and gave a rating to every player. I didn't really touch on Levi. He was on the list. I don't think I went into to detail on him as such, though. Look, starting hook at 238k, I understand it. My concern is just that, like, I think he started for the Raiders last year before getting injured, and he played, like, bugger all minutes. It was about 40 or 30 minutes or something. Tommy Starling is still a big factor in that team and will get good time at number nine. Levi will go on and do do the hard yards early, and then Tommy Starling, good runner of the ball, will come on and hopefully do a bit of damage. So I don't really like Levi. I mean, if he comes out and averages 55 to 60 minutes at that price, sure, he'll be a great get. I'm just not convinced. Also, there's Zach Wolf there. He played last year and played quite well, I thought. They're pretty similar players, so I'm avoiding him. I think no matter which way we go with our hookers, there's every chance that people, there's going to be one of these mid-range slash cheapy hookers who does quite well early on in the year, and it could be a very popular trade spot come around two or three. So happy to watch Levi. And at 238K, if he does go well early, he's an easy downgrade to him. But, yeah, not, not for me on that one. Guys and girls, with the rugby league starting back up this weekend, uh, it becomes footy punting season. That excites me, but there's a bit of risk in it as well because we know that it can be quite easy to get out of control when you are having a punt. And I guarantee that this weekend with those first two games in Vegas, of all places, when we talk about punting, 
that there's people going to get that first game of the, the weekend, mainly in the bunnies, and they're going to put a same-game multi on, and then they're going to put a first try scorer bet on, and then two minutes before kickoff, they're going to go, oh, this bloke's you know, 100 to 1 first try scorer, and he's starting, should have a bit on that as well. You've then done the same for the second game as well, and all of a sudden you're 50 or 100 bucks out of pocket, and you didn't have it to spend. All the bets have lost, which is irrelevant because you've outlaid it in the first place. Uh, how do I know this? Because I've done it before. I've been out there and I've finished the weekend. I've gone, what are you doing, mate? Like you, you better, you betted more than you could afford to lose. Uh, and that's when you sort of sit there and go, you might be starting to get a little bit out of control with your punting, in which case there's help available. And I couldn't mean this anymore. Uh, reach out to Gareth White and his team at Seacal. I've spoken about them time and time again. But don't hesitate. Don't sit here for six months and then eventually make the call. Do it right now. Take the brave step. To do so, you can email Gareth at gareth.w at ccal.org.au. That's ccal spelled C-E-C-A-L. You can phone them on 02 9559 or probably the easiest way, hit them up on Instagram. Send them a message at ccalgambling. That is free. It is completely confidential. So go and get in touch today. Question from Bradley D. How does the injury to Hess impact the mins of the Cowboys' forward rotation? Specifically, does this mean more minutes for JT Cotter? I know lots are going with Lukey and also Michaeli as their fourth front row forward. Good question. 14 likes. So the people want to know. So what have I got? Let's see. North Queensland Cowboys. My predicted bench is currently Jake Granville, Griffin Neem, Thomas Michaeli, Gulli Kefu, Finney Fuiaki. So... If that's the bench named, it's very encouraging for McKaylee, who I have my reservations about. He's 238K. He starts very cheap. He looked good in the trials. He came on late in, in the two trials and, and did a bit of damage. So I don't want to read into that too, too much, but he did look good. I think when he does play, there'll be some offloading, some tackle busting, and there's some value to be had. But will the minutes be there? Jordan McLean is not... Uh, a prolific big minute player, especially nowadays. He's, he's getting on. He's certainly a veteran. He averaged 44 minutes per game last year. I don't think it'll be many more this year. Jason Taumalolo, it's all a fitness thing with, with JT. He sort of tends to average around that 50-odd minute mark in recent years, 49 last year, 55 back in 2022. So he's an interesting one. If he picks up extra minutes... 439k, God, I really can see the temptation for Taumalolo. Like, he, especially, I said, the, the, the injury to Hess, Luciano Leilua leaving, who played on an edge and in the middle for the Cowboys, he is tempting at 439k. You've got, as I mentioned, I think Arrow with that 4-4 bench probably plays 60 minutes. You have Terrell May, who's off the bench for the Roosters. What sort of minutes does he get? I can see a case for Jason Taumalolo. He looked pretty good in trials. You know, ideally, we we could be sitting here after one game and going, Taumalolo looks great, busting tackles, looks fully fit. Great buy. Great player to plug a hole. So I don't mind the option of Taumalolo there. And I believe in recent years, he was only 2RF. But he's dual 2RF front row this year, which is the big, big difference. So, yeah, look, I don't mind the play there. Uh, and sorry, getting back to McKaylee, if that bench is in fact what's named, you've got Granville there who is a utility there who can come on obviously anywhere from one to seven. 
maybe they go that dual hooking role and any spells Reese Robson for 15 to 20 minutes. I don't know. I haven't seen anything to suggest that will happen, but it is happening a lot over the NRL these days, so maybe that occurs. Um, Griffin Neem will play half right minutes. Fine Fuiaki, I if he does make the bench, and he may or he may not, he likely spells Helam Lukey for, I'm going to say, 20 minutes. Uh, of course, this is all speculative. This is the way I see it playing out, and it's based on this bench. What we don't want for all these forwards is probably Finney Furiaki not being picked and then another middle going on the bench because then there's issues around Calder, Taumalolo, et cetera. Um, I mean, that would be good for Helam Lukey. But, yeah, so hopefully that clears up a little, at least in terms of what my thoughts were. And as McKaylee, if that's the bench that's named, he looks all right. I'm not sold on him, but he looks all right. The problem is the Cowboys play the last game of the round, which makes it really tough um, to know what's going to happen there. But we'll see. Now, here is a question to get the head spinning from Rob because <laughs> it is the uh, one of the big ones, two RFs. He says, hey, mate, please rank these in order of selection. Curran, Lane, Satili, Tupanua, uh, Sua Wong, Brendan Piakura. Two will drop out of my team. 12 likes. So it's getting a feature. Uh, look, there there are question marks around every one of these guys, and to a degree, there's just a guessing game. They're all about a similar price, but that being said, I think I can give a, a relatively short answer in terms of what I think personally could be completely wrong. Brendan P. Kura, 80-minute edge back row for the Broncos, tacking upside, good team, my number one. Even if he doesn't play big minutes this week, I think it's big, I think he will, but it's because of that preseason niggling injury. So if he was to be spelled at all, I think once back to full fitness with that injury, he'd be an 80-minute back row. So he, he's number one. Number two is still Sean Lane. First player I picked this season. However, Kelmo Tuolangi was excellent in the trials. Actually started on the left edge, I think it was, in, in that uh, second trial for Para. Be concerned that he doesn't get his 80-minute Shawnee Lane. However, I still think he gets 60 minutes there. And Tuolangi can spend time in the middle if required. Even at 60 minutes at the price with the potential for 80 minutes, I still think Sean Lane's number two. Satilian Wong, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. With Angus Crichton on the extended bench, not even on the, the immediate bench, uh, you know, Sandon Smith named at 14. If Connor Watson at all comes into that, there's another middle forward in the rotation. I don't know what's going to happen. And this whole Roosters four-pack, I kind of just want to see it all play out before investing. Josh Curran apparently had a virus in that trial, the second trial game against the Sharkies, hence why he came off the bench. Look, if Josh Curran's name to start for the Dogs, I'll pick him. I, I don't know if you will or not, but if he's off the bench, I won't be picking him. I, I sort of think that between Kurt Mann and Jamin Salmon, these two will probably play that ball-playing lock role. I think Curran's just going to be used as another middle forward and essentially play as a prop. What minutes that means for him, I'm not sure. So, look, if I was ranking them, I'd go Piakura, Lane. If Curran starts, he'd be three. And then I'd go sort of Satili Wong, take your pick. The beauty of all these mid-range 2RFs is that if we get it wrong, it's a pretty easy sideways trade in round two or three. So question from Brendan. Grant and Teddy or Appy and Turbo? I like the Appy and Turbo combination. 
Question from Glenn Parkhill. Brew, the Brewster. Good man, the Brewster. Would you sacrifice at second hooker if it meant you could carry a pod in Marju? Basically, Torpiki and Appy versus Marju and a cheapy. If your cheapy is like... Jesus, tough position hooker. If your cheapy is one of the Eels boys, whoever starts for the Eels, yep, go for it. Go the pod in Marju, massive upside. Could kill it. Could be 850K before we know it if the night's fire. Hopefully they don't because they're playing the Raiders in round one. But I just, I mean, I definitely wouldn't be nothing hook, the second hooker position, as I mentioned. If it was Levi, mm, I'd be a little bit hesitant to, hesitant to but perhaps. Um, so, yeah, look, let's say you're going a, a hand draw a Lussick, sacrifice the second hooker and go Marju. If you were thinking cheaper than that, I'd be, I'd be a bit concerned. Question from Paul Catteron. G'day, Tim. Jacob Gagai, how safe do you reckon he is with Isaac Thompson not available round one? Also haven't heard why Tane Milne is out. Is he just out of form? So Gagai is ahead of him, question mark. Paul, you've raised the same concerns I have, mate. Um, Thompson looming. I don't know why Milne wasn't con- – he's not even in the squad. He's in a, I believe he's gone over to Vegas, but I don't, he wasn't named in the extended squad. So there's that question mark. There's Jack White to come back in. There's Ty Munro about round four. I just hate the job security of him. He's bottom dollar. He's one of these ones I alluded to earlier in, in this show that, you know, paying up for maybe a mid-range or a sort of 320K cheapie rather than going a bottom dollar guy based on job security and having a bit more depth across your squad. Gagai is one that I'm like, sure, you can free up a bunch of cash by starting him, but he could be like fourth choice, like reserve seated, uh, sorry, center or winger for the bunnies by like round three or four. And he just sits there all season and you've got to find cash to upgrade him to someone that's going to make money. It's a big risk. However, let's say you start with Drew Hutchinson or Jamin Salmon, whoever it might be at 300, 350K. They start slowly or they get dropped, whatever it might be. Gagai comes out and brains the first two rounds. He kills it. He scores well. He looks like a must-have. Easy trade down. Bank 150K. Happy days. But yeah, as I, and, and I get the case for you. You know, If you get it right straight away, you can free up that cash to spend elsewhere. But risk v reward, I am not starting with Gagai. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Question from JL. Firmal or Wong? Wong. Firmal with buy in round two and for feeder returning left edge possibly has me questioning him. I like Firmal for sure. 
Wong could absolutely outscore him and, and be a better super coach player, <clears throat> but there's no job security. He might not even start come this weekend. I don't know what's going to happen. At least we'll obviously have team list there. But with all those edge back rollers there, including Nat Butcher on the bench, who knows? If Wong lands an 80-minute roll, he'll be the most traded in player, I would suggest, round three. You've got to remember as well, Jabari Hargreaves has to come back into this team as a middle. What does that do for the middle rotation? Like, is Nat Butcher being used as a middle this week and then he goes back to the edge when JWH comes back? There are so many question marks. So, yeah, as I said, if he gets the 80 minutes and locks it down, sweet. But Furmore, I shouldn't say we know he's going to be an 80-minute back row because he's coming back from an ACL injury, but it looks like he will, especially because with Fafida out, there's concern over – well, not concern, but there's we don't really know who the other edge back row is going to be, whether it's Alec or whoever it might be. Furmore played on the left edge in the trial, so he'll be outside foreign, which is a wonderful spot to be while Fafida's out. Probably goes to the right edge when Fafita comes back, which is not as good, obviously. But hopefully we get three or four games with him on the left edge. He's not going to be a season keeper anyway, Furmore. So he might be an upgrade to a gun to RF by round five or six anyway. If Fafita ends up being out for any longer, happy days. So, yeah, I think it's I think Furmore's the much safer play. Adam Styles in the... SC Playbook WhatsApp chat where I'm getting all these questions from from the subscribers in the late mail thread. Styles has just dropped his first late mail article of the season for us. Jaden Braley, definitely out for round one for those holding onto him. Scrap Jaden Braley. I mean, we sort of suspected that he was no good anyway, but confirmation there. So, oh, tough spot hooker. All righty. It's Friday afternoon. Need to get this podcast out. So... A few quick fire questions. There's a ton in there, which is awesome. Uh, and always a, a little bit inevitable going into round one. So thank you for dropping me in. But we've got to get this podcast live before everyone settles into their Friday afternoon hard earned schooners. Fish, best halfback option outside of Cleary and Hines, Moses or Sam Walker? That is Moses for me. Best fullback option outside of Ponga and Turbo. He says Teddy or Drinky. Uh, if you've got the money, Drinky. Question from Andy Grant. Dearden and Arrow, or Appy, Dillbags, and Max King? That is extremely difficult. Uh, I am going to be sitting on the fence. Sorry, mate. Question from Drew. Are are there any cheapies you think we're sleeping on? Appreciated you going through most owned cheapies the other day in potty, but are, are there any others out there that are being overlooked? Look, like all of them, there's question marks around him, but Adam Mariotta at 255K, I know the Raiders are flush with middles, but it was good last year. Starts cheap, played sort of limited minutes last season. Corey Halls were out till round three, obviously the concern. Uh, Josh Papali'i getting on in age. I don't know what sort of minutes Smithies will play in the middle, but he had different sort of roles. Smithies that a bit smaller bodied lock, you get through a ton of work. Mariotta is a bigger bopper. Again, like I'm not super crash hot on him, but he's tight minuscule ownership. Apparently, he's killed the preseason, can play a big role for the Raiders this year. If named to start in round one, which he might not be named to start in round one, he might be a little bit of a smoky one. And as I said, concerns there, a few red flags, but you know, people throwing up names like Willison, who's now reportedly not playing for the Broncos this weekend, Thomas McKayley might not get picked. 
Mariota, at least he's going to get picked and might play half right minutes, and they're all in the same price bracket. So uh, if you wanted a sleeper, Mariota. Question from Alan. Is it worth spending extra on Terrell May or would Spencer lend you suffice for round one? In other words, who is the best value for money in the Roosters front row forward? Uh, as I said before, I I want to see the Roosters pack play out in the minutes, especially with Rui Hargreaves back next week uh, and what the team looks like next week. So I, I think I'm going to hold off. Of those two, though, even though he's off the bench, I would go Terrell May. If come game day this week, Terrell May starts and then he goes off the bench, no suggestion this will happen, but I think they're both like really good impact forwards off the bench. I thought Lenu more so would have been. I thought Terrell May would have started this week and Lenu off the bench. If that switch happened, the reality is that it might not change minutes too, too much for, for what they're expected to play, whether they start or, 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 sorry, or if they're off the bench. But you prefer a starter, especially because in the modern day game, with any HIAs, injuries, anything that, that happens, if you've started, you've got those minutes in the bag. And then if something happens to another forward, they might pick up extra minutes. So of the two, regardless of starting or bench, I'll be going Terrell May. Question from Brendan. Question why has everyone just gone cold on Munster because of the draw and early buy? Or is that just the reason? I'm keen on taking a punt. Absolutely. You've got one of the best players in the NRL, one of the best players in Supercoach. Starts at 728K, which is a reasonable price. Last four season averages 71, 81, 74, 70. We know with Munster, tougher games don't generally worry him. Penrith round one at Amy Park, not ideal, but hey, I, I don't mind it. And it's a low ownership, seems to be not spoken about too, too often. So yeah, I don't mind the Munster play and I dare say he's not going to let you down too much. Question from Lockie. Tim, are you currently semi over Cam Green's 150? Yes, Lockie. Yes, I am. Question from GK. I believe that's Gareth, but I'm just just seeing a GK. It's a good one. I think you mentioned in an early pod, but the Supercoach app is showing price rise predictions from round two, just confirming that Supercoach haven't made a change and it's still not until a player's third match they get a rise. And indeed, that this applies to the three-round rolling average. I don't know if that was a statement or a question, but... Uh, for any listeners out there, apparently the app is showing that and, and it's got like price changes after two rounds. I spoke to Sangstar, it is after three rounds that a, a player's price change. It doesn't, um, that's not different from any other season. So ignore that if it does look like people, players change after two games because they don't. All righty, let me touch on a few pointers from my team. I'll have the final reveal on the SC Public website before Sunday. Hopefully get that out uh, potentially today, probably Saturday at some stage. But uh, a few key pointers. What have I got? Roger Tuavasa Shek. Really tempted by him at CT Dub. I think he would have to, if he gets named at fullback on Tuesday, I don't think he will. I think they'll go with Tane Torpiki, in which case I think I'm going to go against RTS somewhat reluctantly. If he's named at fullback, he'll be straight into my team uh, for this round. Looking at the front row forward spot, I'm I'm still looking at partnering a cheapie with a mid-ranger. So whether that's a Taumalolo, a Jai Arrow, Terrell May, team list that, that come out this weekend will play a big factor because if Mamazelos was to be named for the Bunnies, 
in that first game on the bench over, say, Havili, Arrow becomes more enticing. If Terrell May was to start in the second game, I mean, it's going to be too late in terms of Arrow v May there, but May would become enticing. Maybe we get word before the game that, that May was going to start. Again, there's no suggestion of this, but wouldn't shock me. Uh, and then I said, Tim Holo's one who's slightly enticing, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking at partnering with uh, whether it's a Sam Hughes or a Mariotta. It's risky. I Again, Mariotta, Hughes, Michaeli, whoever it might be, team list next Tuesday are going to tell the full story there. Do they have utilities on the bench? Are there edge back rollers there? We need to see them to work out what sort of minutes we can expect, uh, which impacts whether we can play a cheapy as a, in the second row, uh, sorry, front row forward, second slot. So they're probably the big ones for me at the moment. As it stands, I've got Appy Coruscant and Brendan Hands as my hookers, hoping that the Eels can have a one hooker, sole hooker to start the season, and I'll just plug them there while Appy's out. Goal kicking hooker, thank you. Um, but again, if I end up with a bit more cash in my kitty, I'm not against going Coruscant to Grant. That's where we're at at the moment, guys. A few podcasts starting back up this week on the SC Playbook Network. We had the half-backed punting podcast with Samuel Williams, my brother, launched for the new season yesterday. Good listen there. Basically, that one is for anyone interested in a listen. The idea of it is that with SC Playbook being so super coach based Sam's got this incredible footballing mind and is very much a part-time at best Supercoach Playhouse. So the best way to integrate his footy mind is talking some straight footy. So while we sit there and we'll, we'll throw a few punts out there and a few plays for the week and what we like, whether they're their futures bets, which we had this week, along with some Vegas plays, Sam goes through his thoughts, his tips for the week, you know, explains play-by-play why things are going to happen. So it's as much footy as it is uh, punting. We had the late show started up with Guru and I to go to coincide with uh, beers and break even so a Wednesday night late show which is a short sharp Q&A Guru and I have 30 seconds each to answer random questions that Kat throws at us so another good one to have a listen to there and might have been it for this week Walsh's weekly wrap as well on a Sunday night an absolute cracker of a listen guys that'll do us for the question and answer podcast for round zero Vegas round have an absolute cracking weekend and good luck with your supercoach sides Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.